Canby New Life Foursquare Church welcomes you. We're located at 2350 Southeast Territorial Road, just off Highway 99E. We hope the following message will be a blessing to you. Thanks, Spencer. I learn a lot from Spencer. I learned that the pancake breakfast is a miracle from God. I like that. I've also learned that uh, if we have a cannon and we're shooting 200 pounds of uh, candy out, why couldn't we try shooting Spencer out? That would be, get a big net, get a big net. That would be fun. I mean, I think that might be a miracle too, but hey, let's just do that. Let's just do that. So a few years back, uh, the NCAA cross-country championships were held in Riverside, California. And, uh, well, there's something that happened. But before I get there, I just want to ask you personally, would you hold any running championships in Riverside? You know, the, the, the wind comes off the ocean, blows the smog up into that valley, and it just sits there. They haven't seen sun in years. And, I, and it's like, okay, cross-country meet. And uh, so I'm just thinking, if you have cross-country, that's running, by the way. This was a 10,000-meter race. So what do you do? Do you give gas masks out? Do you provide, like, a cart with oxygen, and they have big wheels, and you just pull it along behind you? Or maybe strap uh, something to your back? Okay, I'm back. I'm focused. We can do this. Cross-country championships, 128 runners. They're at the Victoria Golf Course there in Riverside. And on the eighth hole, there's a turn. And at that turn, you go up a steep hill and around and back down again. Of the 128 runners, 123 missed the turn. And technically, they would all be disqualified. So it was a big mess. There was, uh, and this is true, there was a uh, guide, um, a, uh, what do you call somebody who's pointing you the way? A guide, that'll work, that was uh, like 100 yards before But by the time they got there, the flags were not clear, and they couldn't tell which way to go. And if you have any common sense, you don't go up the hill, you go straight. You know, that's it. So they they missed this. They missed the steep hill, and uh, it was a big mess. They got it all sorted out and uh, whatnot. But the thing that I noted is how easy it is for us to follow the crowd. The crowd went straight instead of making the turn. And the crowd skipped the difficult steep hill. And the crowd ended up being disqualified uh, had they gone ahead with disqualification. The bottom line, we better watch out about following the crowd. And in our society, oh my goodness, we are a crowd follower. The media heads, heads it up, and then we, people just swoosh on behind and head toward whatever the media believes in that particular day or week or month or year. And... Uh, Behind the media is all kinds of forces as well. We need to watch out about following the crowd. And this is true for us as we look at Acts chapter 2. And I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Because we see there a few people who get it and a lot of people who keep on following the crowd. Now, Acts chapter 2, if you didn't uh, bring a Bible, there's some under the chairs. Just grab one. If you don't have a Bible, keep one. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts, right there in the front of the New Testament, Acts chapter 2. Pastor Ron started this uh, chapter last week, and we're going to continue it this week. He did the first 13 verses, and I'm going to follow that up. It's a 
tumultuous time. It's a time of great anxiety, as I mentioned earlier. Jesus has been crucified, resurrected, and now in between the resurrection and the ascension, he says here in uh, verse 4 to the disciples, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. Uh, And note that gift, that that something's coming, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then Pastor Ron went on to explain, verse 8, the coming of the Holy Spirit brings uh, a power, an enablement, an ability to follow Jesus, an ability to, to share the reality of Jesus to the larger community. And then on in verse 14, they all joined, uh, this was after the ascension now, uh, they all joined together constantly in prayer. Ten days after the ascension and 50 days after Passover when Jesus was uh, crucified, we have this event that starts in Act, that's in Acts chapter 2. We talked about it last week. Let me just review. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost, this is a big festival, lots of people in from out of town, Jerusalem. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, 120 people. Verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. This word tongues is the same tongues that's in the next verse that is languages. Uh, And here it's tongues of fire. Uh, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And I want you to note that uh, a lot of things, but one, this isn't a salvation experience. These people were already following Jesus. They were already in, already sealed with the Holy Spirit. Paul talked about the fact that we're, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit when we believe. But here there was a secondary experience, a deeper dimension of enablement, empowerment, so that people could do what Jesus wants them to do, in effect, continue his ministry. Uh, We see here that God himself is on the move. This is God inviting people to come near to himself. In a way, it's a cataclysmic event in history where God has coffee with a few of his people. He's there with them. They hear the wind, they see the fire, and they experience speaking in languages that they did not know so that others could hear them giving praise to God, glory to God, telling them what God is like. The the promise that Jesus had made was fulfilled. This is God right there in the middle of Jerusalem in the midst of people who had just killed Jesus. He's pressing in there. And I want to note, this isn't just a passage for some theologians to fight about. Well, is this this or is this that? This is life-giving. This is God connecting with His people. And there were some, yes, who followed the crowd and missed it, but there were many, says right there in the chapter that Uh, I believe it was 3,000 came to Christ that very day. Just this huge number of people who said yes to Jesus. When God moves, be ready to follow Him and embrace all that He has for you. Now, they're looking around and trying to, to explain what's going on. 
to people who are uh, in, in this, watching all this, because they're hearing people speaking uh, language that, they under, that these different foreigners understand. So all these different languages are going on, and there's wind and fire, and people are excited. In fact, there was even an accusation that some were drunk. I mean, how, how else would you explain this excitement? And uh, we want to focus now on this next passage where there's an explanation. And what happens is Peter, and, and you might say, who? Peter? Peter, of all people, stands up and gives the explanation. Now, here's a guy who was a fisherman from Galilee. He was a hillbilly in the, in the Jerusalem vernacular, a very common person. His only credential is he had been with Jesus. He had been one of the three, the inner circle. And he stands up to explain that they weren't drunk. Chapter 2, verse 15. These people are not drunk, says Peter, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. They were excited. The Holy Spirit had come. When God moves, people are happy. There's a, there's a smile on their face. There's, there's something, there's a, a feeling of elation. I, I had an experience several years ago where God revealed some of himself to me. Uh, it was a profound experience. I'll never forget it. And in the midst of it, there, were, there was this emotion of, that, that was the result of this. I'm not a very emotional guy. There was this emotion of a sense of, of love, but the, the biggest emotion was happiness or joy. I, mean, I just felt elated. I felt, in fact, it lasted for, for over a day, just a, an up feeling. Uh, I was happy, unexplainable happiness. And, and that's exactly what happens when God touches your life, when the Holy Spirit is in your life. And uh, you don't even need to go see a, a movie about the minions. You don't even need to sing the happy song. You just get filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's a, there's a life application question for you there in your, in, your, in your message notes. What does your happy monitor indicate? And sometimes our grumpiness indicates that that we're, we're not all that filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, love, and then what's the next one? Joy. And if there's no happiness, it might be uh, that, that we're struggling with a, a filling of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and tell the person next to you, I like your smile. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how it is. That's how it is. Okay. Oh, we got, a, we got some elation here. I like this. We'll do that more often. Okay, so there's this happiness. People thought they were drunk. And now Peter has to explain what happened, what's going on here. He decides to quote from the prophet Joel, one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. Joel talks about the end times, what it's going to be like. Um, he's a prophet of Israel. And Peter now knows that they're in the end times. In fact, the end times are from the uh, resurrection of Jesus all the way through until Jesus comes back. And so, verse 16, no, they're not drunk with uh, wine. 
what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the, now he quotes from Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on my servants or slaves is the accurate translation. Men and women alike, and, and they will prophesy. And, and Joel prophesies more about the last days, and, and Peter quotes this, and then he continues in verse 21, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved or rescued. And the point here, everyone's invited. Uh, look at the verse. All people, uh, sons, daughters, uh, brothers, sisters, men, women, slaves, whether women or, or men, old people, young people, everybody's invited. And what are they invited to? This experience that just happened. The experience that Jesus is real. He's come back as the Holy Spirit. There's, there's, there's a, a reality, a spiritual reality. There's tongues, wind, fire. It's all there. Languages. Uh, it's all there. It's all there. When God moves, the hospitality is extended to everyone. Now, sometimes we, we struggle with this. I, I've struggled with this at various times in my life. I just don't feel like I'm worthy. Uh, uh, so I'll say to myself, well, it's, it's not for me, whatever it is that we're talking about that God might have for me. It's a passive stance. Uh, it says that, uh, you know, all this is for the other guy, the other person. You know, spiritual languages, spiritual depth, filling of the Holy Spirit. That, that's, that's for the other person. That, that, that can't be for me. Uh, you know, and the, and the result of it is a shifting of responsibility as well. But what God would say to us is that it is for us. It's for me. And the Bible gives us that authority to know that it's for everyone, and that includes me. Another thing we sometimes say to ourselves, I'm not good enough. Well, you're right. I'm right. I'm not good enough. But that's not what it's about, because uh, in fact, all of us fall short. All of us are, have some kind of mess in our lives that we're dealing with. But here's, here's what we need to say is that Jesus has forgiven me. And because of that, the, the relationship with God is, is fully connected, wide open. And we can receive all that God has for us. And we're, we're in a place of Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't hang on the cross just for the other guy. He hung on the cross for you too. It's, we're all in on this. Well, sometimes we have a, an excuse as well when God's at work and we feel like, I, I don't know, I don't want to step into this. We say, well, I don't know how. I don't know how to receive the Holy Spirit. I don't know how to do a spiritual language. I don't know how to prophesy. I don't know how to pray for a sick person and, and see him healed. I don't know how to cast out a demon. Well, I have, I have a thought that I've learned in my day. If it took intellectuals to do all the things that God wants to do, that would be unfair because there aren't that many intellectuals. I would be one in that category. I'm not. I'm just an average guy. I say, God, if I have to be an intellectual, I'm in trouble. But we don't have to be. It's a simple 
God always made it simple. And so my response is, well, if you feel like there's something you don't know, go ahead and learn. It's worth it. Let's, you know, don't, don't just follow the crowd. Take that steep hill. You know, they, were, they got off course about 1,000 meters. Take that steep hill. It's worth it to get to know what Jesus is really like and to continue his ministry. And another thing that we sometimes say to ourselves, God doesn't really like me anyway. And it's ridiculous. If, if Jesus walked in the room, which would be very cool, by the way, we would find out that he loves everybody. And in fact, sometimes he heads for the poorer, the poorer and the more broken and the more hurting first. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Go ahead and tell the next person, the person next to you. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll get this. Go ahead and tell the person next to you, God really likes you. That feels good, doesn't it? And the fact is, God really likes me, and he really likes you. I want to ask uh, Chad Robinson to come up and help me with an illustration. Chad just came back from Rwanda with International Reconciliation Ministries, IRM, with, with Arlene Tatum, and it must be quite an experience. It was about 20 years ago, million uh, Tutsis killed in the genocide by the Hutus, and now many of the Hutus are, are imprisoned because of their role in the genocide. And it's a country that's just uh, been devastated. And so you and Arlene and the team go into the prisons and speak life to these Hutus who've been imprisoned, some who even were somehow Christians doing what they were doing back in the genocide. So the whole thing is just a nightmare. And so you went in and one of the things that you saw, you, we were, Chad and I were talking, one of the things you saw was a, was a real hospitality while you were there. Share with us about that. Sure. And uh, uh, we have a, we talked earlier and I had to narrow down a specific example oh. of hospitality. But that's really hard because the people of Rwanda are such a gracious, hospitable people uh, that I had a million stories to pick from. Um, I went ahead and picked uh, this story that happened when we were um, kind of near Lake Kivu, which is uh, closer to the Democ- Democratic Republic of Congo uh, on the west side of Rwanda. Uh, we were invited to go to a, a church service uh, just randomly by uh, by somebody. We had a, an, a, an opening and church services in Rwanda can last like six to eight hours, and it was amazing. Uh, and I'm not so, going to hold you that long today. Yeah. But would that be okay? Would that be okay? <laughs> six to eight hours. Yeah, it, it, they're crazy long, and it's they're amazing. And uh, the first thing that happens when we we come into the church is the uh, they have the ladies of the church all come take their headdresses off, and they all got into a big line. And while everyone was singing, they go and they cleaned our the dust off of our shoes. Mm. Um, and then after the service, uh, Arlene got up and spoke for a bit. Uh, and after the service, we were invited to go to the pastor's home for uh, dinner. Um, and uh, I've been to third world countries before, but this is the first time I'd been to like bottom of the rung third world, like really poor, destitute. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, absolute pure destitute. I mean, everybody, there's just no, there's just not enough food. And yeah. uh, so being invited to dinner was, uh, I think, hard hard for me, you know, going because these, these people are very um, hospitable people. And, uh, you know, they have this food set out and they want you to 
to fill your plate up and to enjoy yourself. Uh, and, and I know, and I talked to Arlene, uh, who's here today too. Um, you know, that I remember like that, that was really hard for me. That, that's actually the plate of food I'm just talking about. Um, I remember trying to, cause you want to take enough that you don't offend your host to show that you're, you're, you know, thankful, like, thank you for, for this. But also at the same time, there's just not a lot of food. I mean, every, Everything was gone by the time we were done having this this meal, and then at the end, the you know the 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 pastor's kids come in and they, you know, take the plates and they're eating their their meal off of what's little bit left yeah. on a couple plates here and there, and I remember just being on that knife's edge of of like you, you don't want to take one thing more than you need to 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 be gracious and and accept their hospitality. Um, uh, because you really feel like you're literally taking food out of a kid's mouth in a situation like that. Um, but the hospitality of the Rwanda people really stuck out, uh, to yeah. me. Uh, and, and then to tie it back into what, uh, you're saying, um, with the, uh, the hospitality that the, the, pe- the people who have nothing are able to give you that level of hospitality. Just think of how much more hospitable God is yeah. for us who has everything to give. Yeah. For us. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Let's, can we thank Chad? Hey, thanks for being in Rwanda. Thank you. And Ar- Arlene's here somewhere too. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Arlene. Uh, we love the world. Uh, love investing in the world. Um, a life application question there in your message notes. How do you usually respond to God's invitation? And this is where you want to be careful not to follow the crowd but to really listen to what he's saying to you and take hold of what he has for you. Peter continues to explain, uh, starting in verse 22. We know Jesus was sent from God because of the miracles and the signs, yet the listeners, along with the Romans, had him crucified, executed, and then he rose from the dead. Now Peter chooses to quote from King David to back this up and to explain what's going on and to give it authority. The Bible has authority. Uh, and, and it's not like so many in our culture that their authority is their own good ideas or the latest trend on television or political correctness. For Peter, the authority was here in the Bible. For him, the Old Testament. He looks to King David to explain that uh, God. is on the move, and the coming of the Holy Spirit points to Jesus, the Messiah, the long-expected Messiah. And so he quotes from Psalm 16, which is a psalm of David, and starts in verse 20, or it doesn't start, it continues in verse 27, for you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. Now, we already know, they already knew that David had died and his tomb was there in Jerusalem. So even though he's writing this, it couldn't have been about David. Peter now explains this is the Messiah who was risen from the dead and could not have been kept in a grave. From John 16, verse 7, Jesus explained and we understand that he had to go away so that the Holy Spirit could come. And Peter continues to explain that this is what has happened. Jesus is now at the place of highest honor, at God's right hand. And then he quotes from Psalm 110, which is also a psalm of David, to say that this 
is God's will, God's plan. And then he summarizes in verse 36. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. What I'm learning as I study this is that when God is on the move, when the Spirit is at work, everything points to Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. He's crucified. He was the sacrificial lamb, just like a lamb would be sacrificed in the temple in that day. He'd given his life. Then he was resurrected, ascended to, to prove that uh, forgiveness could come to us, relationship restored, uh, a place of victory. What we learn is that God is not some grumpy old man, not some angry judge who's trying to whack you with a stick at every opportunity. He gave his son. He gave his son. And that picture helps us to begin to understand his love for us and that we have forgiveness and it's free. It's a way for us to know that we're loved. Life application question, what does your life point to? Because it's another indicator. When the Spirit is at work in our lives, it doesn't point to us or make us. It's not there to make us more important or better or bigger. It's to point us to Jesus. And so we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It goes on in verse uh, 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter explains, and now this is for us as well, what do we do? What do we do next? And he explains in verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then verse 39, the promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And so when God moves, people are happy. His hospitality is extended to everyone. Everything points to Jesus. And we respond with repentance and water baptism. Now this repentance from the Greek matineo has sometimes been understood as a change of mind. Now that is true at the core of the Greek word. But in the biblical sense, it was always a change in behavior. For example, John the Baptist, Mataneo, if you've got two coats and somebody else doesn't have any, you give one to them. It's a change in the way you live. And the culture following the crowd has us going in one direction, behaving in one way. Repentance says, I'm not going the way of the crowd. I'm not following the people who would be disqualified for the race. I'm going to go and follow Jesus. And that means I'm going to be different. My life's going to be different. The, the repentance indicates that we become a disciple of Jesus. And then we go and make other disciples, training other disciples. We're disciples who make disciples. Well, and then it says you need to be water baptized. Well, we don't need to be water baptized to be rescued by God, to receive the forgiveness. That happens in the faith. That happens free. That's what Jesus does for us. But... The water baptism right here in this crucial moment of explanation shows 
under the water, the death of Jesus, and out of the water, the resurrection of Jesus. So we experience death, and we're done with the past, and we are a new person. We come out of the water new, forgiven, and a disciple of Jesus. A very powerful statement. And so water baptism is... is uh, is not just some extra thrown in there. It's, it shows that your life is connected to Jesus. It's the heart of, of what's going on. I'm excited about the water baptism that we're doing uh, the 24th and 25th of October here. And if you haven't signed up for that, just do it. It's time uh, if you haven't been water baptized. And just show by your life what Jesus has done. Well, then the next thing Peter says here, repent, water baptism, and then, he says, then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, referring to the very words that had happened earlier in, in the chapter and, in, and referenced in chapter 1. This outpouring of the Holy Spirit, people are happy, there's wind and fire, there's languages that are unlearned, and it's, it's all there for us. Uh, the, the, that gift of the Holy Spirit, it's for everyone. And that he, Peter took the angle, hey, what God has done here for this 120, it's available to everyone. It's a strong passage, strong speech. You're in on this if you want to be. Jesus has made it possible. And, and that includes the, you know, the spiritual language, which has been rather controversial. I'm looking forward to the class that I'm starting on Wednesday night. And if you're already involved in a group that would take you away from it, then, then stay with your group. But on Wednesday night, we're just going to go through Luke and Acts on this subject of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the intention of receiving all that God has for us, receiving this baptism of the Holy Spirit. In chapters 8, 10, and 19, we see evidence again of this spiritual language coming upon people when they, when they uh, receive the Holy Spirit. Just fun. And uh, so we want to be in on everything that God has for us. We're going to study that through. You're invited. It's going to be great. A life application that's there, what will repentance look like in your life? That's a huge question. It it doesn't mean that you uh, go to church. It means a change in the way you live. It means a change in the way you do business, the way you treat your neighbors, how you treat your wife or your husband, how you treat your kids, how you do family, how you do life. It means a change, and it's good. It's what you wanted to do all along anyway. The Holy Spirit comes and helps you. I followed the crowd quite a bit in my early days. And uh, I was headed pretty, pretty much toward disqualification. And then I found my way to Jesus. And it turned my life upside down. The best thing I ever did. And people said I could have this baptism in the Holy Spirit. I was already a follower of Jesus, but there's this deeper dimension, this empowerment. I said, well, I want that too. And uh, they said, keep reading the Bible. And I did. And I said, man, I want, even, I want everything. I want it all. And so rather than following the crowd, I began to step aside from the crowd. And I said, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to be inside the book of Acts as much as I can be. It's funny, really, as I look back, I said, God, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I want a spiritual language, tongues, whatever. I want it. Well, I thought maybe if I prayed on my knees that that might work. And so I started praying on my knees. 
and um, well, there was a cement floor, and uh, it was rather difficult. But anyway, I, I, I said, come on, God, come on, God, and I asked people to pray for me. And then I heard about people laying out on the floor, prostate on the floor, that that, that was a way to pray. And I thought, well, that sounds really humble. So I just laid down on the floor and prayed. I said, come on, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And, and I just kept on seeking. It was actually half a year of just pressing in and reading my Bible and dealing with all the doubts and confusion. And then there was a day when a pastor said, come back tonight. It was a house church. Come back to the house tonight, and we're just going to pray for people to receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit, spiritual language, prophecy, whatever God has for you. And so I said, I said, hey, man, I'm going to be there. And so that afternoon, I just really prayed. And that night, as they were laying on hands and going around the, this circle of people that were hungry for Jesus, uh, I, I started uh, speaking in this spiritual language that just a few symbols at first that wasn't something I'd learned. It just was started to happen. And, and it was just fun. And by the way, I was happy. Now, there wasn't much emotion, though. I was kind of hoping for... Um, Wind and fire, you know what I mean? But uh, just, just me and Jesus. But I was excited because you know, I was lining up with the book of Acts, and Paul teaches about uh, praying in the Spirit. And I said, okay, okay, I can do this. And, well, that night after everybody was gone, and uh, I went out to the front yard. There were, there were no street lights, so it was really dark. And I just danced because I was so excited that, that I was that I was in, that, I had, that God was working in my life. And by the way, you'll never, ever see me dancing every, anywhere. Ne- never. It'll never happen. But I was so excited. I was I just grateful to be up with, uh, you know, just in with what God's doing. And I just invite you, receive what God has for you. Would you bow with me uh, in prayer? Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you... Uh, you wanted to say yes to that forgiveness that Jesus offers to you. Um, uh, people are praying now all around. And if you want to say yes, uh, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And then there's, we're going to get you a packet that tells, that'll tell you a little bit about how to begin your life with Jesus. Uh, if you'd like to say yes to Jesus, would you go ahead and just put your hand up so that we can see it. And then you can put it back down. Go ahead. You want to say yes to Jesus. You want to say yes to the forgiveness that he has to you. It's free. Okay, God, we are hungry for you. We want all that you have for us. We see that, that, it's, that your blessing is for everyone, not for just a few, and it all points to Jesus. Well, that's where we are, God. That's what we want to do. That's who we want to be. So have your way with us this morning, this week, for the rest of our lives. We want to be people marked by your Holy Spirit. Now, God, I ask you, fill us full. Fill us full. Fill us full. In Jesus' name. You can contact the church office Tuesday through Thursday from 9 to 5 and Fridays from 9 to 3 at 503-266-4444. Please visit us on the web anytime at canbefoursquare.com. Pastor Ron and others on New Life staff, along with occasional guest speakers, trust that the Holy Spirit will use the message to teach you, encourage you, and give you hope.